Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. Although we were recording in uh, 2020, this episode is releasing on the first day of the new year. So maybe we'll get lucky and there'll be some new energy in the air in 2021. And we're going to start with the beautiful and amazing Cara Lowenthal. We're going to kick off the year with you, girl. Thank you. And thank you for pronouncing my name right on your first try. That's a major accomplishment. (laughs) Welcome, welcome. Um, I have known your name for a very long time. So um, I, you know, I'm very transparent with all of my guests. There, there are some nerves here happening. I feel really excited to have you, Kara, on the show um, for a lot of reasons. Listen, by the time we're done in. with that advanced certification, you're not going to be nervous <laughs> about me at all. You're going to be like, oh my God, I wish you'd stop talking to me. Uh, for those of you who don't know what Cara is referring to, she's about to kick my butt. Um, in a couple months here, I'm going to do an advanced um, certification with her in coach training. And it's, yeah, it's probably going to kick my ass and we're going to have a lot of fun. And then I'm going to be like even more of a powerhouse in the world. Exactly. So. You're going to be a badass and definitely not intimidated by me. Exactly. Exactly. Um Okay, Kara, I don't know if you listen to any of my show, but I like when my guests introduce themselves. I feel okay. like um, I feel like this podcast just like I, I don't need to know anything about you. They don't need to know anything about you except what you feel is important like for for today, for these people, for these listeners. So of course, we're going to, you know, give you all the accolades and the show notes and all the good I, it's things. It's okay. I'm like full up on accolades. But Although yeah, I do, but like, like, this is actually the one interview in which my previous life is most relevant. Like usually I go on these, on these podcasts and they're like talking about my legal career and I'm like, this has nothing to do with anything for this talking about body image, but for yeah. you, it's actually, so um, the brief story is that I uh, used to be a lawyer and an academic and, but the main through thing of my life until coaching was that I was uh, in the reproductive justice movement. So I was a, um, you know, clinic escort in college. And then I worked at a variety of, I worked at Planned Parenthood Federation of America in the media department. I went to law school. I worked at all the kind of big um, reproductive rights or reproductive justice organizations over the summers. And then I had to go clerk for a judge, but then I was a litigator at the Center for Reproductive Rights. And then when I was in academia, I worked on not just abortion rights. Also, um, I worked a lot on like public accommodations and religious access, sort of uh, Mm. like how do we ensure people can all get access to contraception, even if they happen to be like the janitorial staff at a church where the church doesn't believe in contraception, right? That kind of thing. Like how do we balance religious um, rights under the constitution with people's access to equal rights. Um, So I have worked on 
around or relating to abortion my whole life, professional life, until I became a coach. Actually, the last five years are like the least I've ever worked on abortion. That was really the main thing I worked on for like 20 years. So, you know, I was of course thrilled to come on this podcast and, and thrilled to have you in the advanced certification because I think this is such an important topic that isn't talked about, right? We know that more than a third of American women will have an abortion in their lifetime. And yet, you know, almost nobody speaks publicly about it in the mainstream. So I just think it's such a crucial issue. Can I ask like, how did, so I always say birth runs in my blood. And what, what I mean by that is like, all things womb related have just always been a call, like a thing that interested me, Mm -hmm. like literally since I was a kid. Did you know as a young teen or like, at what point did you know you were interested in reproductive justice? Like what? Yeah. I mean, I don't remember. There wasn't like a single defining, I didn't have like a personal, you know, I actually have never been unintentionally pregnant or intentionally pregnant, never have never been pregnant, have never had an abortion. And so it's not like I had a, oh, this come to, <laughs> come to yeah, Jesus yeah, moment yeah. about it. Um, but I think that I have always been very, like my perspective on feminism and the reason I've always been so like focused on it has to do with autonomy. Like I come from a very, you know, it's like not the word I always would have used for myself, but I actually recently asked a coaching colleague, like if, what were the three things she thought I cared about the most? It was like kind of a values mm. exercise. And she yeah. said autonomy, intellect, and sex. And I was like, that's actually really accurate. That's like right <laughs> on the nose. And this kind of abortion involves at least two of those. Um, so I just think, I think from the very beginning, I just, it, it seems so obvious to me, like there is no way for women to have autonomy yeah. in society if they don't have control of their bodies and they don't have the ability to decide if and when they're gonna have children. And so an abortion is just to me, a normal part of reproductive healthcare that ensures that. Um, And obviously, you know, there are other things we have to do. Like if we didn't live in a culture of sexual, you know, people feeling entitled to sexual access to women's bodies and if we had better sex ed and we, you know, we might impact the abortion rate one way or the other, but people are, women women since the beginning of time have been, you know, learning, helping people get pregnant and not be pregnant. I just, to me, it is like an age old thing. And, you know, yeah, I just, I always think I just felt like if we don't have this, the rest of this doesn't matter. Like, okay, we could fight for pay equity, but if you can't control, if you have to be pregnant 13 times in your life, because you can't get access to birth control or abortion when you need it, or you have to carry a pregnancy to term that you don't want, or that where the feet, you know, the, where there's a, Um, fatal anomaly or whatever like what does it matter you're not gonna be able to go to the office like it all builds on this wow ah oh my goodness all right well I want to ask you all kinds of coachy things you're actually one of the first guests that I took notes for before we started and literally it was like four notes so it's just no big deal (laughs) okay no I felt honored and now I feel like you kind of undermine my honor but okay that's fine four is more than the last more than zero that's true that's true (laughs) Um, but before we go there, um, I was just curious, like, I just had a moment, like, were there any times in your, um, in your law, your reproductive justice study, like, were there any moments that stick out as like, holy shit, that's happening in the world? Or like, like any kind of defining moments for you that just like nailed in your belief and your work that much stronger? 
Not on the abortion front. I think um, the things that I found most shocking were more around maternal mortality and care. Mm, I mean, that's also what is so... Hence my tank top that says Black Black Birthing Lives Lives Matter. Matter. Yeah, like that's one of the things that's so... Am I allowed to curse? Do you curse on the show? Oh, there's lots of cursing. Okay, so that's one of the things to me is so fucked up about living in a kind of hetero christian white supremacist society it's like there's all this focus like there's such a huge focus on making sure people don't have abortions and then there's like no focus on taking care of pregnant women or you know the u.s has like the i think the highest maternal mortality in any quote-unquote developed nation and our insane and black maternal mortality is like five times that of white maternal mortality in this country you know people are just people are dying and getting very sick having children in completely preventable ways especially in a society with the resources we have so I think with abortion it was always much clearer to me like oh this is why this is necessary um but I think that I was more shocked by yeah reading things about one any and in parts of the world that don't have access to the same infrastructure and medical care like some of the things that have you know pushing a baby out of you is like no small thing and yeah for a lot of people it goes basically okay naturally but for a lot of people it doesn't and yeah. the, the kind of lack of care and resources that are devoted to taking care of pregnant women and yeah. birthing women this was my study like right you know all through college and afterwards and i did go to a little midwifery school I say a little because I realized I wanted to have my own kids and I stopped. Um, so that that changed. But yeah, this was my world before before I became a mom and went into all my other all my other avenues. Um, but birth care in our country is atrocious, atrocious. Yeah. And we mentioned Black Birthing Lives Matter. There's a new app. I don't know if you've seen it. It's called Earth. Well, it's a whole mm-hmm. like organization. But uh, for anyone listening, that's an amazing place to find good care for people of color. So anyway, little side note. Okay, let's talk about the brain. Um, So Cara did not mention in her um, self-introduction that her coaching now is um, centered around her- I forgot about (laughs) that. Her work, unfuck (laughs) your brain. (laughs) I forgot what I do now. Yeah, Yeah. I teach women how to identify how they've internalized socialization, sexist messaging and thoughts, and then how to like really identify them because they often just sound like your own voice. So you don't know that that's what's happening yeah. and then how to replace them. So of course, completely ties in with like the narrative around yeah. abortion in this country is insane and women completely internalize that and it creates so much emotional drama and conflict. Yeah. My dad actually just called me, you know, maybe an hour ago and said, congratulations, I saw your, you know, you were entering this new program. And he's like, what are you going to learn? And I, <laughs> I was like trying to explain to him and um, I'm just going to have him listen to this episode now. <laughs> he can get it Don't worry, Amanda's dad. It was a good, it's a good idea. My dad was skeptical too when I became a coach, but he's coming. <laughs> Um, okay, so what I, the notes that I took, I'm so fancy with my four notes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just was thinking like, you know, of course we're going to title this episode, like unfuck your brain after abortion. Right. And I think it, and I just want to be clear that not everyone's brain gets fucked up after abortion, totally. that, like not we, I, you know, I don't know how many times I'll say that in my career here moving forward, but yeah, I think, I mean, the studies show that one of the predominant emotions people feel is relief. Yes. Number one, number one. Um, my story is that I did feel a lot of relief 
but I also felt grief and shame and all the other things. And then I was like, what is happening? Like this thing mm -hmm. that I knew I wanted, this thing that was like, I know was the right choice. There's, you know, my regret is not like, I shouldn't have done this, but mm -hmm. I have so many feelings. So people who find this show generally have all those feelings too. Right. So I was kind of like identifying what are the thoughts that <laughs> fuck us up the most? Yeah. Like the ones I see the most in my community thus far. Mm -hmm. And so um, before I share with you what I think those are, can you just, I mean, you sort of, you sort of touched on it, but like, what does a fucked brain look like? Like, how do you, how do you know, like, what does that even mean? I think that's a huge question, but if we think about it in this context, right? I mean, I think that the, I mean, I would, you know, this is your specialty, this niche, but I would think that this is like one of the most productive places to think about like clean versus dirty pain yeah. and like, right, creating yeah. space for that because it's true, like because the discussion is so polarized, people feel like they either have to, it's like, there's no space to discuss the negative emotions that someone might have, even though they completely think it was the right decision and they wanted to do it and they don't regret it and all of that, right? And then, and on the, like, so there's just not enough room for nuance on the whole spectrum. Yeah. Um, but I think that like the narrative, you know, our society is so deeply steeped in the idea that motherhood is biologically natural and sort of a woman's greatest calling and we are just we hear that in so many different ways both explicit and implicit and yeah okay it's gotten a little bit less intense over the last like 50 years we have many more women in the workforce but you don't undo thousands of years of programming with like you know I was gonna say with the ERA but we didn't even pass the ERA like but yeah. just as an example with you know if, with a little with 50 years so I think like there's you know, I don't think it's fucked up. It's not a fucked up brain situation at all to feel grief, to feel regret in the sense you're talking about, not of like, I made the wrong decision necessarily, but like all of these choices in our lives preclude one future versus another. And this is just a very clear one, yeah. right? It's like a clear decision point where we trade, like, even if we're going to have another child later, like what that life would have been like if we had carried that pregnancy to term. Um, all of that, which we want to have space for, it's part of the richness of human experience. The part that I think you want to watch for where society is fucking up your brain is the shame, right? Yeah. Is the like, yeah. I did something bad. I did something unnatural. I was being lazy. I was being selfish, right? I mean, the idea women are so socialized to believe that they should put everyone's interests in front of their own, especially their own children. Yeah. And so the idea that you might choose to you know, value your health, your education, your family's economic stability, your relationship with your partner, your own dreams, whatever it is, over having a child just literally goes in the face of thousands of years of socialization that tells women like what the point of them is, which is to have babies. Yeah. And so I think that guilt, shame, like that's, that regret also, like, I think those are all the kind of regret that's like, I did something wrong. It's really just shame. It's like, I did something wrong and bad. And like, yeah. you know, I regret it because I think I would, I wouldn't have to feel this bad about myself if I hadn't done it. It's like, yes, all you just nailed it. <laughs> yeah. This would feel different. This, well, which it would, but this would feel better if right. I hadn't done this. Yeah. Yeah. Our brains yeah. love to pick something in the past, whatever it is, this isn't unique to abortion and just be yeah. like, 
that one thing were different, then I wouldn't have to have this whole human experience where sometimes I feel good and sometimes I feel bad. Yeah. You have a whole episode on clean versus dirty pain on your podcast, don't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'll definitely link to that. All right. So I think that, so there's one big thing that I'm not sure comes from society and the patriarchy is about, I can't trust my body. I feel like that, that one might be a little unique, but not totally. The other four that I wrote down, I think are so related to like the messages we've been. I told, wait, tell me more about, I don't trust my body. Cause I totally think that is patriarchy related, but I want to make yeah, yeah. Like that one, I want to dig in with you maybe a little. So I can't trust my body is like, well, for me, um, it came from my IUD fell out. I didn't know it fell out. And so I'd gone 38 years feeling like, like kind of like badass proud of my awareness of my body. Like I was like, I know my body, like nobody else. Like I'm, I'm so in tune with my body. And then all of a sudden this piece of metal fell out of my body and I had no idea. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I can never trust my body again. Mm. So for other people, it might be like, I didn't find out I was pregnant till I was eight weeks. Like, how did I not know? Or, um, Oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, Like maybe I thought, maybe fertility awareness, right? Like I thought I knew I wasn't ovulating and then I got pregnant anyway, or I feel like- interesting because it's like everything you're describing, your body just did what it was going to do and was supposed to do. It's your brain (laughs) decide. It's like, if anybody fell down on the job, it was your brain, not your body, right? Like your body was just- the IUD fell out and your body was like, great, I guess you want me to make a baby. That's why this thing is gone, right? And then you're blaming your body. I do think that's still socialization because I think if you look at the Western kind of canon, like the philosophy and religion that has shaped Western culture, it is very much like women's bodies are, women are weak, they are of the body, their bodies lie, they are un- you know, unpredictable and unstable and untrustworthy. Like these are all- Yeah, right. Like women can't be trusted in general. Yeah, and women's bodies in general are like tricky or are like unknowable and mysterious. And so you have to like- Oh yeah, good. You know, so I actually think it totally does. I don't, I'm not saying that no men, people socialize as men don't ever have the thought, oh, I have my body, let me down. or I can't trust it or whatever. But I just think that this in particular around pregnancy, you know, there's just like so much weird, like- fragile masculinity fear about like women like are they lying if they're pregnant are they really pregnant is it really yours you know like all there's like all of that throughout historic historical society so I I do think that that's influenced by like women are ready at the drop women are socialized in general to regard their body as an adversary and to be willing at the drop of a hat to blame it for anything that goes wrong oh my god so bodies have been blamed for you know, everything from like the fall of man to the rest of the world. So I do think that that's totally. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, there's another one on here that's similar, which is I don't know how to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And that one you kind of just spoke to even more, which is like, you know, this, this belief that the women body, women's body is so mysterious and complicated and like hard to take care of. It's like untamable. We know better than you do. Yeah. And like women don't know anything. Yeah, I feel like that's a big one. So that I don't know how to take care of myself is um, that belief comes up a lot in the period when we're, when we find out we're pregnant, Mm -hmm. 
with this unplanned pregnancy, be it a medical thing or like just a flat out unplanned oops. Um, I I don't know how to take care of myself, like starts in the decision-making and then goes all the way through and then afterwards. Yeah. I mean, there's so much of, I mean, the women are completely painted as being irrational, you know, and this is again, like the Western category, like irrational, emotional, not as logical as men, not as capable of making decisions, like not fit for leadership. And that we're like, all of this is you go back to, you know, fucking Aristotle. So I, you know, I think like, again, women, women are just socialized to constantly distrust themselves and doubt themselves. Like the minute that anything goes not according to plan. Right. And like, I just think we're always, we're always just like one step away from declaring ourselves incompetent. Right. Or so true. Like if anything goes wrong. And then there's also this sort of like, I, I think, I mean, we also have this very, it's a very modern conception we have right now. That's that like bodies are like optimizable, like computers, you know, like, like that sort of, we can like completely control them and like, if we just do everything right, they'll always act a certain predictable way. And we like should know exactly, you know, it's like, it's a very complicated situation here. <laughs> humans have been, I'm like gesturing to my body. Like we still don't understand most of the shit and humans have been trying to for thousands, hundreds of thousands of years, like trying to figure out what's happening in there. We don't know. How do we impact it? Is it humors? Is it bile? Is it bad spirits? Is it uh, you know, oh my God. insulin so resistance. Like it's all just, we're all just constantly, it's just the best science of the day is always us trying to figure out what the hell's happening inside our bodies and like getting maybe a little better at it, but we still don't really totally know. So this idea yeah. you know, that like you should have known you were pregnant or you should have been able to track this better. Or if, you know, if you'd only whatever, eaten the right way or not had that cigarette, you wouldn't end up with this fetal anomaly. You know, it's just like, yeah this is not, there are good things that come from more knowledge about our bodies and being able to manage things a bit better. But I think we also take too much responsibility for it. Like your body is ultimately kind of an unmanageable thing. It's an animal, not completely under your control. This came up a little earlier when you were talking to, but like, I have the conversation quite a bit around like failed and I'm using quotes in video, (laughs) failed birth control. Right. And like, it didn't fail. Like we know that it works 97, 98, 99, 99.9% of the time. Like your body just took that opportunity in the 0.01%. Like nothing failed. That depends on like perfect (laughs) use and nobody's perfect. Yeah. You know, when you're trying to like I, to me, when, before I want, like want to preface this by saying, I don't think it's a bad thing. Like I'm about to say when we interfere in a natural process, like, I mean, cancer treatment is interfering in a natural process. So that's not yeah. bad. Yeah. Just, yeah. When we try to interfere in, a, in what our bodies have evolved to do for millions of years, like they're going to be pretty good at it and we're not going to always be able to prevent it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Another one is uh, similar, like someone else is in control of me and my choices. This, here's one that comes up. Oh my gosh. Almost daily. My partner, I, I had the abortion because my partner told me I had to, or he convinced me to, or um, that's a huge, huge, huge one. But so in control of me and my choices is like partner, politics, family, religion, um, Mm-hmm. like that autonomy you're talking about like gets yeah. <laughs> yeah but like do we want to take that at face value I think is the question like from a coaching mm-hmm. perspective 
I think whenever we feel guilt or shame or worry, we made the wrong decision. We want to put the uh, responsibility on someone. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's, I think this is two phases. There's the, there's the phase in which you made the decision in which, yes, maybe there was people pleasing going on scarcity about money or relationships going on, like whatever, like that might, maybe if you'd, maybe, you know, if we could go back there and coach you, then maybe you would come to the same decision for different reasons, a different decision, the same decision, who knows? Like, yes, there may have been, it's sort of like, this happens all the time, not just with abortion. When people learn thought work, they then start looking back and being kind of like, oh, maybe I would have done that differently if I'd known about it, right? And then they can get in this cycle of like beating themselves up for that. So yeah, maybe, you know, I'm sure there were, anytime somebody makes this kind of decision, I'm sure there were thoughts in there that like, if you were a perfect thought work being, maybe you would have done differently, but it doesn't matter because the truth is that you still did make a decision. And I think really the bigger issue is like, why do you want to live your current life telling yourself that you didn't make that decision? Yeah. Right. Unless it was done without your knowledge, which <laughs> does occasionally happen, especially to women of color in this country. Yes. Like, if you knew and you chose to, then you did decide. And telling yourself that someone else forced you to, that only feels good because you're blaming and shaming yourself. So you're like, well, feeling like a victim sucks, but it feels better than telling myself I'm terrible. But like, there's a third option. We can like go out the trap door where you didn't do something wrong. You don't need to blame and shame yourself and you don't need to blame somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, blame is gigantic, gigantic um, in this world. So, oh shoot, I, I, I usually take tons of notes when I'm podcasting, but I'm just listening to you. There's no <laughs> notes happening. I like, I <laughs> what did you say? You said, why do I want? Right. It's like, why what's do the, I want to blame like someone else? Yeah. Behind, like blaming it on your partner, blaming it on whoever question. is because you're shaming, usually because you are feeling guilt or shame now yeah. or regret. And you're not like, whatever it is, it's like, you're not, you don't want to have the feeling you're having now and you don't know how to resolve it. So you want to blame it on somebody else. Yeah. So we talk a lot about that being a point in which you're giving away your power, right? Yeah. Like that is a point in which you give away your power by choosing to believe that someone else is responsible yeah. for this place that you're at. Um, do you want to speak any further to that? Like what it means well, to give, also believe give away I mean, your power? Fundamentally, like coaching, right? Coaching on abortion is not different than coaching on any other past choice, which is the biggest problem is believing that your life would be better if you'd made a different choice, right? Yeah. Like yeah. that's the biggest issue. So if that, like, that's what you have to work on first, like, yes, having a, you know, having a child or not having a child has a big impact on the circumstances of your life, but that still doesn't cause your happiness or your sadness and having it or not having it is not, you know, we are just constantly looking for what I call like exits off the human condition. <laughs> like we're like on a freeway and we're like, I want to get off. I don't like this where I like sometimes feel good and sometimes feel bad and my body doesn't do exactly what I want and other people don't follow my manual. Like being alive is just a lot. And I feel like we're constantly looking for like some way to just like get a break from being a human because we don't know how to manage our minds and accept exit reality. <laughs> yeah, we don't know how to accept the human experience. So we're constantly trying to get away from it. 
And I, you know, regret over a past choice and rumination and fixation over a past choice, whether it's getting an abortion or not getting an abortion, right? There are people who have children who regret that choice. They are like, most I really, are. <laughs> really wish that I had terminated that pregnancy, right? Like we don't ever think about, like when you're someone who regrets your abortion, you don't ever think about that, but there are people out there. And I think like, I hope we see more of that. I think that's the Me most too. taboo thing to say. I more totally agree. Like women are not allowed to say, I regret having children. They're not even yeah. allowed to say like, I love my children a lot. And of course, like this is my life and I'm glad they're here. And if I could do it over, I wouldn't have had them. Like that is so taboo. Yeah. Anyway, I have like a hole in my body. I even sort of told you today, my son turned seven and I wrote on Facebook, like he's a pain in the ass and we love him like beyond, right? I don't, I don't right, know. I right, right, of course. Like even, but, <laughs> even writing that, like I could hear you know, cause I'm human. Right. So I could yeah. hear the little voices like, don't say your son's a pain in the ass. I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> right. And like any taboo motherhood, <laughs> regret is not caused by a circumstance or a choice. It's caused by your thoughts. Right. I mean, it is a feeling you create with your thinking. And so as long as you are telling, as long as you are basically like, I don't like my current reality. I think if it were different, I would feel better what can I fixate on? <laughs> like, it's going to be, oh, if I'd made that choice differently, whatever it is, having kids, not having kids, marrying the person you did, not marrying the person you didn't, taking that job, moving to that city, whatever. You know, this is like, you know, I think one of, like with any kind of very sensitive top, sensitive topic, quote unquote, like one of the best things you can do is desensitize it a little bit. Like, yeah, it's totally. still just your human brain. It, just yeah. because we're talking about abortion doesn't mean that like your human brain doesn't have its same biases and heuristics and like dumb evolutions that it has that are going to impact how you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's been a really interesting um, journey for me in like choosing this niche and starting to speak about it. And like, I've been on such a roller coaster of like, let's talk light and happy about it. Let's talk sad and somber about it. Let's talk. And it's just been like, I feel like it's been a year of me finding like my true voice in that balance of like, we don't have to be all serious about this all the time. And we like, can, if we need to be right. It's like, there's yeah, exactly. all of it. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. and also like, it's always, <laughs> I'm just with coaching my clients all the time where I'm like, you know, the medicine is different depending on the issue. Like if you're you know, making a bunch of jokes about your abortion to deflect the fact that you've never processed your feelings about it, then we need to take it seriously for a minute. Right. If you are kind of torturing yourself in this wallowing way where you are believing that like this your one is act over. defines your whole <laughs> life and it's the most serious thing that ever happened and like your brain is totally true about everything, then sometimes we need to like bring a little humor to it and be like, let's look yeah. at what your brain is actually saying. Like, does this make sense? Yeah. It just depends yeah. on, you know, everybody needs a little of the opposite of how they are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the things that got me through my experience the most was just, and I had barely been introduced to tools of life coaching, particular Brooks work um, at the life coach school. And I think like choosing ahead of time to have my own back was the thing, <clears throat> excuse me, like the thing that made the biggest difference. Like, cause I knew that even though I was 98% sure I was making the right choice, mm -hmm. it could go either way. I could go either way. And then I decided, I did decide ahead of time to have my own back no matter what. And so something you said earlier, what I wrote down was we get to believe anything we want to believe. Mm -hmm. Can you speak a little to that? Because I think when people, and I talk to women who've 
who had abortions many, many years ago. Yeah. Totally. And I've not talked to anyone. And I'm not, so they've been sitting in these beliefs year after year after year. And so to introduce this idea that you can change your beliefs is like, what? I can't do that. I've been <laughs> thinking I'm a terrible that. person for yeah, 30 years. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I like to, I always like to say like your past is as over as ancient Rome, right? Whoa. Like you don't spend a lot of time being like, I just don't think like Brutus, you know, who's the guy who killed Caesar? Brutus? Yeah. I just like, don't think Brutus should have done that. And like really root. And like, did he bring the right knives? And like, maybe he should like, you just don't ever think about that. That's like not something you can control. Yeah. It doesn't create your life. And your mistake is you think your past creates your life now. Right. But whatever, what ha whatever I did yesterday is as over as the murder of Julius Caesar. Mm. Like I have as much ability to impact it as I do to impact that. So once something's over, all that, it only exists in your mind, right? If everybody died who knew about the murder of Caesar, it wouldn't affect anything anymore. Nobody would ever think about it, Yeah. right? And the same is true of your past. So as soon as it's over, it only exists as you think about it. And so you just get to decide what that's gonna be. I usually say to people like, okay, well, you've tried thinking that it was a heinous mistake that ruined your life for the last right. 30 years. And like, how has that gone for you? Are you enjoying it? <laughs> Is that why you signed up for coaching? Like, let's maybe try something else. I think another exercise people can do is like, when you believe you've made a mistake, what you basically do is you program your brain to unconsciously just go look for all the evidence that you made a mistake and interpret mm -hmm. everything through that. So like the kid you have now will throw something on the floor and you're like, well, it's because I had that abortion and I'm a bad mother, right? It's just all gets sucked back yeah. in. So go look through your life for all the things that you, that are positive in your life that you did or became, or we were able to create because you made that choice. Yeah. Right. You have to balance out. You have to redirect your brain on purpose to look for evidence of the positive. Like what are and there always is. I mean, I think one of the things that's hardest for humans, if you are dissatisfied with your own existence, is like there are so many turning points, and we fixate on the big ones. We think like having that abortion, that's the big one. But the truth is like. Which corner you turned down yesterday when you went to the store to get milk? Could have been a big one. Really changed your whole life. <laughs> so true. Right? Like, because if you'd gone down the <laughs> other corner, you would have gotten hit by a bus or you would have maybe run into someone you like even more than your current partner or you would have like, whatever, I don't know, seen a puppet that inspired you to create a TV show. Like, we have no idea. <laughs> your life is like a fractal, right? Every single decision you make fractals off into a million different possible realities. And yeah. so- it's just a logical fallacy to kind of fixate on particular decisions. Like, did I have the abortion? Who I married? Whatever, whatever. As if yeah. like those, as if like, if you just undo that switch, then you'd know exactly where you'd be instead. You have no idea, right? And so wherever you're going to end up, your happiness has to come from your own thought process and from, you have to create it on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> if I had a motive in my work and as a coach, it'd be like to, you know, one would be to like eliminate this belief about right and wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. But I was just thinking there are some clients who are, or some people, right. Some listeners, some of my community who believe a thousand percent, I will never change their mind that they made the wrong decision. And I don't actually know, Maybe, you know, we don't know mm -hmm. there. We don't know what right and wrong is, but I have found like, there is some wiggle room to just go like, just own it. Be like, I made the wrong decision. And 
Right. You're making your love and acceptance for yourself conditional on not making mistakes. Totally. Like, let's say we do. Yeah. Let's say we get a certified letter from the universe that you fuck that up. Okay, but what are we that's what I always say, like a certified letter from the universe. Yeah, but that is exactly what it is. It's like, okay, fine. If you want that, like let's just take it. Let's just go like yeah. I exactly I completely fucked that up and now. And now, yeah. Now it always comes back to your own self-acceptance, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like you can be fighting so hard to like believe that you didn't make a mistake, you didn't do something wrong, but like, all right, yeah, let's just say you did. Now what? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And that's where we get to believe anything we want circling back. Yeah. And that goes back, back to always having your own back. Like, yeah, yeah I fucked that up. Yep. I yelled and I choose to believe I right. can still live a powerful and right. I yelled at, my at kid. least I moderately peaceful. I had the abortion. I embezzled a million dollars. Like whatever, I, I fucked <laughs> it up. And now what? I'm still here. Like either don't be here or if you're going to be here, what's the point of spending the time you have here? Just focusing on that one thing you think you did wrong yeah. right yeah. you like rob yourself of the ability to do a bunch of other stuff differently yeah yeah and that comes to the last thought that I think I see I see a lot um as like a brain error <laughs> if you want to call it that which is I don't deserve to be happy as if someone else grants me my like permission to be happy and they have now given me this ticket right. for lifelong misery. Like, your happiness is just some chemicals in your brain. So <laughs> nobody's really in charge of it. <laughs> like it's mm. not, I just think we talk about like, what is it really? All of our feelings are just sensations in our body created by thoughts, which set off hormones in our brain. So I, it's just like your serotonin receptors don't know anything about deserving. That's just not a thing. That's just not a thing. So if it's your mother-in-law or your priest, it's or like being whoever. like, I don't deserve to digest my food. Like your <laughs> intestines don't, it doesn't operate that way. It's just not, a, you just are wrong about the system here. It's not a deserving based system. It's just. That's know. like, I, I'm not a person who uses Twitter, but like, I imagine that's like Twitter quote. Oh yeah. I don't use <laughs> it's Twitter not either. a deserving based system. Yeah, that's just not what it is. That's not what happiness is. Yeah. Like. It, you know, you don't have to, I mean, yeah, we could get into the philosophical, like, do you want to believe people have to deserve happiness? And if so, like, who's doing the measuring and who's doing the meeting out and who's whatever. But I just think like, sometimes it's just easier to just laugh at how wrong your whole theory is. Like that just yeah. isn't like, I don't deserve to be hungry. Like it's just, this is just, a, I don't deserve to pee. This is just a thing that happens in your body. Yeah. It really has nothing to do with deserving. Wow. That's awesome. Um, okay. As we wrap up here, is there anything you feel like either you wanted to say before you came on or you feel like after this conversation, someone needs to hear or like, what's, what's coming I don't up think for so. you? I'm just so glad that you're doing this work because I do think like so many women are suffering from their self-imposed, you know, it's like so much self-imposed suffering Yeah, that is unnecessary. Yeah. Um, and like this work is so, this work is so important at like every stage, like before you decide if you're going to terminate a pregnancy, during, after, like all of that. And I just think like, I mean, my work is really, my, I feel like my work in the first part of my career was about physical autonomy, which was abortion rights. And now it's about mental autonomy, right? And mm -hmm. mental liberation. And I think so that is so important. Like if like the whole point of my work now is like, even if we have the physical autonomy or the economic autonomy, if we don't have the mental autonomy, if we don't have mental liberation, 
that stuff doesn't matter. We're still, we'll still make ourselves miserable. So yeah. I just think like, this yeah. is such a crucial part of the work. You really have to have both. Yeah, you really do. All right. So when people want to learn all that goodness with you, they go to <laughs> just find unfuck your brain is my podcast. It's on any podcast, any place yeah. you find your podcast normally. It's yeah. There. Yeah. And of course we'll link it all up. Um, fantastic. Thank you so much. My um, pleasure. I was Thank only you. nervous for like four seconds. And it there went, you go. So. It was my pleasure. Uh, no, I can be an example of what's possible for other people. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Have a great day. And um, yeah, we get to launch this in 2021. So may it be a year that surprises us all in I'm very sure we'll delightful ways. Or other, whether it's delightful or not. <laughs> okay, let me say that again. May we all find the tools and resources we need we <laughs> to manage the surprising year ahead. I think that's right, yeah. <laughs> all right, until next week. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice 